This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You don't think that it's time that somebody cared enough to have a dream? Why are you getting so upset? This is not about you. Yes, it is. You are a human affront to all women, and I am a woman. At some point, you got to decide for yourself who you are. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. How do you go about getting an exorcism? I beg your pardon? Hi, this is Mark Kermode. Thanks for downloading this Kermode on Film podcast. We're in awards season and I'm joined by Jack Howard. Jack, how are you doing? The award-losing Jack Howard. Hello. Have you, have you ever lost an award? I'm not sure if I've been nominated for an award to be lost. So no, I don't think so. I, I just sat, thought it was funny, um, but maybe it wasn't. No, I mean, I, I mentioned because, I mean, I've lost awards. I mean, I've lost plenty of awards. I've won Haven't a couple. You- presented an award and you were cut out of the yes yes my thank you for bringing that up um yes always a pleasure yes i i presented the oscar for best no not the oscar i presented the oscar (laughs) yeah sorry that's that's classic me big the part i presented the bafta for best foreign language film the year that the girl with the dragon tattoo won and i did a brilliant speech and um I did. I was actually really funny and hilarious, and and I I made it. You know, Charming. I made pointed gags about uh, you know people in anyway whatever. It was very good. And then of course they cut it out of the BBC broadcast because at that point the BBC was still just cutting out foreign language films because like who cares about them? It Not is British. really fun. Exactly. It is really funny how things have changed. nowadays. You wouldn't do that, but back then they went. Well, we just want the big ones. You know, we want. That's not the- said in English. Not bothered. <laughs> I know. And uh, and I, I I did a speech at the beginning, which was you know they write a little thing for you. I said I'm not going to write. I'll, I'll say something of my own. Is that all right? They said fine. And I wrote this thing which said, you know, I'm very proud to be presenting the um, the BAFTA for foreign language film. Film is a universal language, which due to the miracle of subtitles means that any of these movies can be understood by anyone big pause but Hollywood will still feel the need to remake them in American and this was very pointed <laughs> because David Fincher was currently remaking The Girl with right. the Dragon Tattoo in English so it was topical as well it was topical and it was you know anyway so uh, and then Bong yes. Joon-ho essentially stole your version of the speech for his he did he did for his, one of his acceptance speeches last year Yes, he honestly he must have I'm sure got he to came the point. To you for notes. He must have got to the point of going. It's Wednesday. What what award am I winning? <laughs> best you know, what? That was the best thing that happened in 2020. I think by a mile is that Parasite and Bong Joon Ho cleaned up at the awards. It was fantastic, and let's not forget just how remarkable it was because. I know. You know, I mean, so many things were great about that. I mean, one of them being that it really annoyed Donald Trump, but also just the just the fact that you were suddenly in a world in which this was possible. So, look, this now brings us to the current awards season. Obviously, everything has been delayed due to COVID. So we now have the BAFTA and the Oscar nominations. And I thought because this would be a good time for you and I to just have a look at the, the ones that we think are, are interesting. Can I start in a slightly strange place, By all which means. is, can we look at the the Oscar nominations for best score? 
Okay, because oh. music is something that you and I are both very interested in. <laughs> well, you've you've started on a on a very sore subject okay, for me. Okay, all right. Well, look. So let me read them out. Okay. So the the nominations for original score at the Oscars and Jack, I'm going to ask you to read the nominations for original score at the Baftas after okay. I've done this. Okay. So the nominations for original score at the Oscars are Terence Blanchard for The Five Bloods, uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross for Mank, Emil Mosseri for Minari. James Newton Howard for News of the World, and Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and John Batiste for Soul. Those are the Oscar nominations. Jack, the BAFTA, the BAFTA nominations? The BAFTA nominations are pretty similar. You've got Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross nominated twice, uh, with John Batiste as well for Soul, but for Mank. Uh, then News of the World, James Newton Howard, Minari, Emil Mosseri. Mosseri, is that how you Mosseri, pronounce his yeah. name? Yeah, yeah, Emil um, Mosseri. And Promising Young Woman by Anthony Willis. So the essentially, Mank is the same, News of the World is the same, Soul is the same, Minari is the same, but they've gone for Promising Young Woman, yeah. and what they haven't gone for is, uh, is Terence Blanchard for The Five Bloods. And what so, neither of them have gone for is Ludwig Göransson's immaculate score for Tenet, and I'm I'm so upset by that. Jack, I have to ask you, did you hear my conversation with uh, Ludwig Göransson about Tenet? Did you enjoy I did. it? I Wasn't very it? much enjoyed it, yeah. And I'm annoyed that I wasn't invited into the conversation. <laughs> you, you didn't think, oh, I, who do I know who's a big fan of this and who would maybe relish in this opportunity? Didn't, uh, it didn't even cross your mind, did it, Mark? What do you mean it didn't cross my mind? You asked me and I said no. Well. <laughs> it was... You know, <laughs> Because I was kind of worried that you'd steal my thunder and you'd have smarter questions, oh, and I yeah. didn't want that happening. So we, um, we didn't want a, a better final thing. We didn't want a better final product. We better hey, keep Jack out of all it. All right, all right. Back in goal, goalie. All right. So, <laughs> so, so. Okay. So the headline for you is that there is there's no uh, nomination yeah. for Ludwig Göransson. I, 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 I think that the the Tenet. I was never expecting it to get nominations across the board although i would probably say it deserved at least a look in its cinematography as well and there are certain things i think it could be honored uh, at least nominated for but tenet score is unlike anything i've heard in cinema in such a long time and it's such a creative way of coming at music as well and that the way that it synchronizes with the film is it's just all something that should be acknowledged and i don't Th- I, I don't see why they haven't nominated. Okay, well, I agree. Um, it did make it into the the shortlist for the Oscars, but not to the nominations. So, can I tell you my headline, please? Trent Reznor, bloke. Atticus Ross, bloke. Emil yeah. Mosseri, bloke. News of the World. James Newton Howard, bloke. Anthony Willis, bloke. John Baptiste, bloke. Um, you know, Terence Blanchard, bloke. In that whole Trent Reznor, list- Atticus Ross again, again. Yeah. No, <laughs> In that whole list of nominations, there is not one woman. As far as the Oscars were concerned, there was one woman who made it into the 15-strong shortlist, which is the thing that comes before uh, the nominations, which was Lolita Ritmanis for um, Blizzard of Souls, which, of course, didn't make the... She didn't make the nominations, and Blizzard of Souls didn't make the um, Best International Feature nominations either. I do think in a year like the year we've seen, the fact that the entire shortlist of composers is male is a bit like, oh, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
I mean, really, is it? Oh, is this? Is this how it is going to be? And I think I say that particularly. But we since... gave it to a woman last year. I know. Yeah, we gave it to Hilda. <laughs> now, now, just go away. And just, but sorry, Jack. Doesn't it feel like that? It does feel a little bit like that. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm a little bit worried about it in general. Although I think some of the nominations overall are a bit better than they usually are. Yes, and they are. And this, but this is why I raise it, Jack. The thing that everybody has said about both the BAFTA. And the, the Oscar nominations is that they are far more diverse this year than they have been in the past, and they, and that's true. So, isn't it depressing that that being the case, you still have an all male list of nominations for best composer? And I mean, in other categories, that's the same as well. But it's just in composition, it can You know, you had Tamakali's uh, score for Shirley, which I thought was, I you know, I, 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 <laughs> why is that? Why is that not featuring? There was there was so much in anyway whatever. So that's a that's an issue for me. But I agree with you with the Ludwig Göransson. If you had to choose of the winners of uh, those two, who would you go for of the two sets for for Baftas and Oscars? Who would you go for? At the moment, I probably would say um, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and John Batiste for Soul. I thought that soundtrack was incredible um, and such a wonderful blend uh, of the two artists as well, and and a really consistent sound. Still, it's um, yeah, really, really great. I have a suspicion that Emil Mosseri might actually um, swing it. I don't know. But I haven't I have seen a... that film yet. This oh, is you... my. Well, this is the thing overall with the awards this year is that. Usually, <laughs> I at this point have a real uh, instinct on what I think should be nominated, what could have been nominated, what will win. You know, I've got opinions about all of it usually when it comes to the awards. But because of the situation, capital T, capital S, the situation, <laughs> I haven't really been able to keep up to date with this side of the film world this year. It feels like a part of me has been stripped away. Um, so I really have. And that's not even entirely my fault for not just keeping up with things. It's also that some of the movies and things that are nominated aren't even available for us to watch here in the UK. And that's incredibly frustrating. It's it's like I'm seeing all these films being spoken about and and rewarded or, you know, and, and I've just got no means of... I could steal them, guys, but I don't want to do that. Like, why are we not... Like uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's frustrating yeah. at the moment. I don't feel like I can keep up with stuff, and it's your job. Like every week, you're sent like here's the new movie to watch. Whereas at the moment, I feel like I can't, I can't do that. No, I know. I mean, it is, but also it feels bizarre this year. It does feel like everything is kind of in a high. T- Incidentally, can I just say on the subject of best score, the best score of last year was Blank Mass's score for um, Calm with Horses, but that didn't get any form of nomination at all. Um, but yeah, yeah. I think Emil Mosseri has got a chance, and I look forward to hearing what you think of of that film because I think that film is good. Okay, let's do the in inverted commas biggies when it comes <laughs> to the Oscars. Let's do. Uh, Let's do best film. So, the best film contenders, what are the obvious... Well, should we read them out first? The best film... Okay, so, hang on. Let me just call up the thing in my... Where's it gone? Do you want me to do it? I've got got them. Yeah, okay, you do it. So, tell us what the best film Oscars are. So, for best picture, we have The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. And at the BAFTAs, we have The Father, The Mauritanian, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. So, shall we start with doing the things that aren't in there? 
Go on. Yeah. Okay. This, this, again, like what I've just said, like I don't really have much uh, to say at the moment in terms of like what I think could have been nominated because I don't feel like I've seen enough stuff. Okay. Well, look, here's, here's the things that were eligible but aren't in there, okay? St. Maud. Yeah. Why isn't St. Maud up for... I mean, obviously, it was never going to have a shot at the uh, at the Oscars. As far as the BAFTAs is concerned, it ha- does have nominations. But outstanding British film. Yes, but not best film. And I'm sorry, it was the best film of the year. Relic. Where is Relic? Never, rarely, sometimes, always. Uh, eligible for Oscars. Not there. St. Francis. Eligible for Oscars. <laughs> Not there. Wolfwalkers, yet yeah, in the animated category, but I think had a choice. I mean, those for me were like, I'm sorry. I know that some of these are represented in other categories. Why aren't they in the best films lists? Do, do you big- think that you would replace some of them? I mean, I I think that the Trial of the Chicago Seven doesn't. No, it shouldn't be really need to be there. It's ridiculous. It's- it's I ridiculous. Mean, it, the idea that The Trial of the Chicago 7 is one of the best films of the year is ridiculous. It's the it's, crowd pleaser of the year, isn't it? It's the one yeah, that it, sort of just gets in in a sort of um, uh, Ford versus Ferrari way. Like It's, yeah, just, it's, it's the crowd pleasing one. Well, actually, I think Ford versus Ferrari had more of, you know, more of a, a reason. The, the thing with The Trial of the Chicago 7, right, it's fine. It is fine. It's totally but, fine. But it is fine good enough. I mean, no, I don't think so. And and this is it is I think there's some like strange things in there. I almost it it feels my big thing with the trial of Chicago 7 is that I wish that Aaron Sorkin would stop directing. I I wish that (laughs) I wish that he would give his brilliant scripts to a brilliant filmmaker because a brilliant filmmaker he is not. He doesn't like the way that his scenes. The rhythm of his scenes, he doesn't really even know how to interpret them. When they cross-cut between um, multiple locations happening at multiple times, the way that David Fincher does that effortlessly in The Social Network, you can see and feel how clunky it feels in The Trial of the Chicago 7 when they're cutting between these moments. They don't feel like they were made to be seen that way, even though I'm sure they were made to be written that way. Um it, yeah, I I just I don't understand why it's up there for the best film of the year. I just think it's not it doesn't shine enough at all. No. Other uh, other entry in the Oscars that I'm sorry, what? Mank. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, you know. I think it's it's another example of the academy and film people liking film things and because yeah. it's about Citizen Kane and it's black and white and things yeah. like that. Like it's it just sort of makes it in. I agree. I don't I'm a massive David Fincher fan, as we know. Like yes. and I just I didn't rate it at all. I thought it was kind of just a bit meh. I think it's funny that the, the basically so your problem with the trial of the Chicago Seven is it's not directed by David Fincher. And your problem with Mank <laughs> is that it is. But I mean, it's like the thing is with both of those films, they're fine. They're yeah. fine, but they're not the best pictures of the year. They're not Relic. They're not St. Maud. They're not films that make you go, my word, cinema is exceptional. You go, they're all right. They're all right. I mean, I think the fact that Sound of Metal is up for best film. Have you seen Sound of Metal? I have seen Sound of Metal, yeah. Okay. I think that is a real interesting um, uh, inclusion in the best film category because when I saw Sound of Metal, I really liked it. I didn't in a million years think that it would get a Best Picture nomination. What do you think? I think it's great. I watched it the other day. I'm I'm talking about it because I do a show uh, for Amazon Prime and that is a Prime original movie. So I'm talking about it on Monday and that's why I've been able to see it. Got a little screener sent over because I'm classy. Um, I thought it was fantastic. I think Riz Ahmed 
I think it's Riz Ahmed and the sound design team that absolutely make that movie. His sort of deadpan, expressionless face where you can read... It's, it, I mean, maybe this is a bit of a sort of boring comparison, but the way that Ryan Gosling doesn't move his face and yet you can see <laughs> what he's thinking and feeling at all times. You never, you know, it doesn't come across like he doesn't know how to act, like Henry Cavill's made of wood, but Ryan Gosling looks like he's he's got something going on under the surface. And that's sort of what I saw with Riz Ahmed. I was like, there's, he's not doing a lot of stuff, but there's a lot happening. And also the inclusion of the uh, brilliant sound design. Yeah. Yeah, no, really I think, sold I, the the heartbreaking. Sort. I, I think I think the sound design in that film is is really important. Um, it also reminded me of another film called uh, Notes on Blindness, which is a British film from twenty sixteen, which didn't get any Oscar attention, but I think is very interesting. In I think it's always interesting to see a film film which is basically an audio visual medium attempting to represent either deafness or blindness or and and, and the way in which it. And I do think that they've taken a, an adventurous approach with Sound of Metal. I'm glad to see that that's in the nominations. I yeah, am it's pretty... Nice to, it's nice to see a movie bring attention to something that you usually sort of just uh, let it go in the background. Yeah. You don't really yeah. pay attention to something like that. And yeah. it's bringing attention to it in a way that is scary. There are moments in it where I was like clutching myself because I was so uncomfortable at the imagination of like this being what yeah, life yeah, yeah. would be like. The yeah. bit specifically when he touches his own ear and you don't hear anything that bit was terrifying yeah yeah however the thing that's going to win and i think it's going to win at the oscars and the baftas i would say yes and i would say by a country mile right it's 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 the year that this is going to happen isn't it Potentially, I think it's between Nomadland and potentially Promising Young Woman. And I haven't seen Ooh. Promising Young Woman. I haven't seen it. <clears throat> I saw Nomadland at the LFF just before lockdown two Electric Avenue began. Um, <laughs> and I absolutely was swept up by Nomadland. Francis McDormand's incredible in it. Chloe Zhao as a writer, director and an editor is like out of this world talented it was. I was in the palm of its hand the entire time. It, I just didn't know where it was going, what it was going to do, and I was just emotionally completely with it. But Promising Young Woman, not to be all zeitgeisty about it, but it feels appropriate. Yes, I don't think it will. So in Promising Young Woman is up for Best Film at the BAFTAs, and it is also up for Outstanding British Film. I think it has a possibility at Outstanding British Film. I don't think it feels like a Best Film winner. I've seen it. I liked it. I saw it with my uh, my family, who were very divided on it, and it's proved very divisive. And it's kind of it'll be interesting. I think I'm very interested to know what you think about it when you've seen it. I don't think it. I think it is going to be Nomadland, and I also think that brings us on to the fact that when we get to to best director, it feels to me like this is Chloe Zhao's year. I hope so. You are one of those lucky people that can travel anywhere. Yes, ma'am. I and they sometimes call you nomads. My mom says that you're homeless. Is that true? No, I'm not homeless. I'm just houseless. Not the same thing, right? No. My husband worked at the USG mine in Empire. I was a substitute teacher. It is a tough time right now. You may want to consider early retirement. I need work. I like work. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 
to Badlands Spa. What the nomads are doing is not that different than what the pioneers did. Hey, Fern! Gotta make the hole bigger. <laughs> I think Fern's part of an American tradition. Oh, he's gonna come right through the glass. My dad used to say, what's remembered lives. I maybe spent too much of my life just remembering. I've never felt so certain about something ever since that, that year that I, you know, stupidly predicted the five Oscar winners and somebody didn't explain to me how to place a bet, which is why I don't bet anymore. Um, <laughs> I, I, ne I never bet in my whole life. It's the only one time I have bet. And the, the real thing, you know, I t I've told you this story, haven't I? Have I told you this story? I'm not sure. Okay, very short version of this story. Before the Oscar nominations happened, the year that Unforgiven won Best Picture, I was on Radio 5 and I said to Danny Baker on air, I know what's going to win Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Actors. I know the top five, I know. And he said, well, what are they? And I said, well, it's these five. And he went, well, you should put a bet on it. I said, I don't bet, I'm a Methodist. I, you know, I don't bet. And he said, oh, come on, Mark, for heaven's sake, you know, put a hundred. If you think you've got five winners in advance of the nominations, for heaven's sake... So because we're Radio 5, you know, sports station, you know, lots of horse racing, Cornelius Lysett, at the end of the show, they put me in touch with whoever it was, whichever betting company, and I put 100 quid on those five winning, right? And I forgot about it. Nominations came out, was right. Oscars happened. I got all of them right. And I went onto the radio that morning, and Danny went, did you get... I went, yeah, yeah, I got it right. And he said, how much did you win? I said, oh, I don't know, like a couple hundred quid. He went... You hang on, you put a hundred quid on five winners and you won a couple of hundred quid? And I went, Yeah, I just checked it, I think so. He said, Mark, you did do an accumulator, didn't you? And I said, What's an accumulator? I would have the same question. Fine. And the whole of the rest of the show, literally the whole of the rest of the show was then turned into turned over to people getting in touch with Radio 5 to tell Mark what an accumulator was and how much he could have won. What I went it? into that show two hundred quid up. I came out £27,000 down. Oh. <laughs> and I've always thought that that was a really interesting way of the world or God or whatever telling you not to bet. Okay? I've, I, I never bet. I was brought up a Methodist. You do it once. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. You're not going to lose. You're going to win really badly. And I, you know, I three hours of my soul shrinking as I realised the awfulness of... You do know what an accumulator is, don't you? Anyway. There's, there's the worst version of here's what you could have won. Exactly. Here's what you could have won. So I think if you look at the Oscar nominations for Best Director, yeah. we have um, Thomas Vinterberg for another round, which I think is a, a, a That was a, good a nice film. surprise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, David Fincher for Mank. Mm. Uh, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari. Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Uh, Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman. So the big news story has been, wow, two women are nominated in the... Uh, I mean, that is literally... Wow! wow. Exclamation mark. Wow. Two women. <laughs> Less than half the nominees are still... You know, and and it, the, the, the level of rejoicing has been extraordinary, which tells you, firstly, hooray, change is happening. But secondly, what are we... Is this, is the, this is the 93rd Oscars, and this is the first time this has ever happened. And Not Jack to jump around, but, like, also going to Best Actor and Riz Ahmed being... I think there's loads of headlines I'm seeing with him being, like, the first British Muslim man to be nominated for Best Actor, and it's like, that shouldn't... We shouldn't be fully celebrating the fact that that's true no that, I, I get that that's a cool achievement but also it's like that that shouldn't that should have happened a long time ago yeah 
Yeah, a really long time ago. So I think that the thing with, with the director's thing, hooray. I also think that um, when Chloe Zhao wins, which I think she will... I think she will too. Um, she will be the second only woman ever to have won best and the only other woman to have done it did it in the last what 15 years if yeah 2009 it was yeah yeah it was Catherine Bigelow yeah so I mean it it just yeah it's it's astonishing it is is. genuinely they're trying their best to catch up yeah bless them they're getting there so if we then go over to a director in the uh in the BAFTAs uh let me have a look here so the director for the BAFTAs is Vinterberg for another round Shannon Murphy for Baby Teeth, which is a very good showing. I absolutely loved Baby Teeth. Yeah. It broke me in half. Yeah. Also, it's one of those cases of everyone who saw it loved it, but it wasn't seen by that many people. And incidentally, when Catherine Bigelow won um, Best Director for Hurt Locker, beating Avatar, that was the lowest box office best film winner ever at the time. Oh, wow. Hurt Locker was, the, you know, uh, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, Yasmila Jabanich for Quo Vadis Aida, which is fantastic, and Sarah Gavron for Rock. So when Hooray! you, so when you look at and the by best, the way, go on. I having been meaning to watch Rocks for a while after your uh, recommendation in our um, heartwarming films podcast. I watched it, obviously loved it, but Mark, that film is sad with six a's that but, is a sad film but also i didn't an, think it was heartwarming at all i, I mean really? it, talk about shawshank before the redemption that movie was <laughs> low i was like this is this is some gritty real life like trauma happening in front of me for 90 yeah. minutes and it's it was so good and they were all so incredible in it but i'm in, i'm so interested in why it was in your uplifting heartwarming because films. I because I just loved the company of those characters. I loved the company of those people. I believed in them. I believed in their struggles. I believed in their lives. I'm delighted to say that uh, Bucky Buckray has been nominated for Best Actress yes. at the BAFTAs because she is fucking brilliant in that Absolutely film. Absolutely outstanding, yes. And, you know, that's the. it was like, wow, she's great. And she really is. She carries it. And I kind of, I mean uplifting because, I mean, I think for a start, it does have an uplifting conclusion, but I just felt like being in her company and the company of those friends, the vibrant company of those people, it felt like, I mean, I'm an old fart, right? <laughs> and I felt for the time that I was watching that film, like I was a teenager in East... <laughs> yeah, but you know, the, th- the genius of film, Jack, is that it puts you in a position that you've never been in because it's not your life, right? A hundred percent. But I felt like I was part of that world. You know, I tell you what, the, 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 the new girl that turns up who's from Nottingham, mm-hmm. and I am from Nottingham, I know. <laughs> hearing her accent, because there's a part in it where she gets quite aggressive and starts trying to you know, start a fight, that was pretty like i was like oh i'm going back to my childhood just watching this accent say those things yeah 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 you've been it you've been it before let him let him serve it apple tree okay. let him serve the eggs come on let me serve the eggs no Mm-mm. yeah leave him come on you're far too mature for that no, you eat your eggs. Don't tell me what to do. I'm going to eat or what? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Shall we say the Lord's Prayer because we're eating yams? Okay. Our Father, he's up in heaven. Long be thy name. Thy kingdom come. I won't be done. And earth is as heaven. Give us our stay, our daily bread, and give us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass us against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. 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 To the remix. Preacher. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, so look, if we then look over to to the Oscar nominations, um, Oscar nominations for actress in a leading role, because I just mentioned uh, Bucky Booker is up for um, uh, Best Actress at the BAFTAs. In the Oscars, the Best Actress nominees are Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and I have to say she would get my vote, Andra Day for The United States versus Billie Holiday, and it looks like she's currently the bookie's favourite, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, who is outstanding Frances McDormand for Nomadland she's Frances McDormand I mean it almost yeah. feels like you know and Kerry Mulligan for Promising Young Woman which became the centre of this you know shitstorm controversy after the Variety reviewer first reviewed her performance and basically said well she's not the right person for that role because what Kerry Mulligan said was that he effectively said she's not hot enough wow and Variety wow. Cool. Variety then, you have to read the review because, you know, he, the, the the writer of the review said, I didn't say that. You read the review and you go, you didn't, yeah, you're not you didn't, saying it. Yes, that's right, you know. But, um, but then, of course, Variety then put the apology at the front of the review saying, we apologise, we distance ourselves from this thing. Now this is kind of like, this is the boot completely on the other foot. Yeah, up for best actress, motherfucker. So... Um, <laughs> I'll just say as well that Francis McDormand, I know it's like, a, a, it's almost becoming a Meryl Streep thing. <laughs> no. It's like, of course she's going to get nominated. Of course she's great. She's incredible. <laughs> but every single, like her in Fargo and her in Three Billboards and her in Nomadland are three entirely different people. That is, it is incredible that she's able to have done that. And I, and if she were to win for Nomadland, I would not be unhappy with that at all. Okay. Who do you think's going to win in that Oscar category? At the moment, my my head is leaning towards Francis McDormand, but again, I haven't been able to see 
most of those films i've only seen nomadland is pieces of a woman available for us to watch online yes pieces of woman is 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 here now yes it's open right, so you okay. can see that yeah so i'll watch i'm going to watch that soon I'm, I'm, it's nice to now have a list of movies that i can tick off knowing yeah, yeah. what it's going towards but at the moment i've only seen nomadland and so that's where my brain obviously is going but yeah yeah well, i mean you said you would give it to viola davis Yes, I mean Viola Davis gets my vote. The, the the popular opinion seems to me that it's going to be Andrew Day. This, the United States versus Billie Holiday is really flawed, but her performance is not the flaw because she, you know she she really takes that role on. And for all the things that are wrong with the film, then none of them are to do with anything that's wrong with her performance. So uh, you know, yes, I, I that's that's who would get my vote. I mean, I would have loved to have seen Nicole Bahari nominated for Miss Juneteenth, which was eligible but didn't get anything. Um, and again, more with Clark, I would have loved to have seen nominated because I'll say this again: Saint Maud was eligible for Oscars. It's all very well everyone going well. It's represented at the Baftas, yeah, but it was it was you know it was eligible for Oscars, but didn't get. Anything. I definitely but don't. Fun love saint maud as much as you do no, i okay. came out liking it a lot yeah and especially like impressed with her uh her performance at the center of it sure um sure but yeah I, i'm not not as massive of a fan of it as you seem to be okay so look actor in a leading role uh as far as the oscars are concerned as you said riz ahmed and this is kind of this weird thing about it's a it's a record-breaking groundbreaking nomination and you think I'm thrilled, but it's kind of depressing that that's where we are because yeah. it, it ought to be. Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and I think Chadwick Boseman is going to win. It'll be a posthumous... Um, Probably, yeah. Um, you know, and it's a great performance. The film is flawed. Anthony Hopkins in The Father, which I am very lukewarm about. Everybody else is going nuts about it. I'm for- Gary Oldman should not be in there. I mean, I'm sorry. That's just ridiculous. Gary Oldman for chewing the scenery in Mank is ridiculous. <laughs> Gary Oldman should have won the Academy Award for Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, but he didn't. He won for Churchill. And, I hated Churchill so yeah, much, Mark. Yeah. I hated it so much. Yeah. Well, to me, this, you know, Mank is Gary Oldman doing didn't Churchill. Really, it's not called Churchill, is it? It's called Darkest Hour. Darkest Hour. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <I> can, yeah. <laughs> but it might as well be called Churchill, you know. And then Stephen Ewan for Minari, who I don't, th- I, I don't think is, I don't think will win, but great, but very good to see him nominated. Do you, do you would, think it's going to go to Chadwick Boseman? Yes, I do. I in when I did the Oscars thing, I said that my vote would actually go to Riz Ahmed because I think his performance is. Do you know brilliant. what? I think he's got a chance. I really, really, really think he's got a chance. Well, that would be amazing if he did. It wouldn't it? I mean, that would be amazing. It would it's be incredible, a- and I'd love to see his speech and reaction to that because I imagine it'd be pretty speechless in 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 many ways. Yeah, he's been working to this for a long. He's. I know how much of a hardworking actor Riz Ahmed is, and I feel like he really deserves this. I'm so happy for him. You sound great. Yeah, right. What you told me, you were feeling it. You were in it. We don't need to. We don't need to put them all out. I know, but we just need to film. Your hearing is deteriorating rapidly. We'll come back. Till then, Lou, we just keep going, okay? No. Lou, no. let's play tomorrow. Let's see what it's like, okay? I'm going to be like a click track. You can play to me. It's absolutely brilliant. I have a feeling that the, the output 
outpouring of affection for Chadwick yeah. Boseman, combined with the fact that he is bloody good in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, whatever the problems of the film may be, that it's a bit stagey. I have a feeling that that may swing it. But what a, it's good to be in a position when I think it's either Riz Ahmed or Chad, Chadwick Boseman, both of whom I think are great performances. You know, um, Anthony Hopkins has, to use the phrase that Nick, who produces this podcast, always uses, um, has swallowed a whole bottle of acting pills in The Father. <laughs> Gary Oldman is... <laughs> you know, well, I'm sorry, there we go. And when we look at the... Um, read us the BAFTAs for Best uh, Actor, Jack. Okay, so we've got Riz Ahmed for The Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Adash Gudrav for The White Tiger, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Mads Mikkelsen for Another Round, which is a nice surprise. I haven't seen that movie, but I'm hearing amazing things it's good. about it. Uh, and Tahar Rahim for The Mortar... How do you pronounce this, this film? It's called Mauritanian. The Mauritanian. Yeah, so I think... I think that Riz Ahmed may well win at the BAFTAs. I think at the BAFTAs, he's got a much better chance, you know, yeah. being English. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I I think so. So I so my feeling is Riz Ahmed at the BAFTAs, Chadwick Boseman at the Oscars. I think we both think that. Uh, as far as um, okay, let's have a look at the supporting categories. Okay, so actress in a supporting role, as far as the Oscars are concerned, right? Maria Bakalova for Borat's subsequent movie film. Which, by the way, was the first nomination they read out and I burst out laughing. I was like, this is incredible. And every time they had to nominate the film, they had to read out the entire title. <laughs> so let's do it. Borat's subsequent movie film, delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. <laughs> and I was so happy to see her get that nomination as yeah. well because she did... I really liked Borat 2 for what it was. And I thought she did a fantastic job of keeping up with who we know to be an incredible improviser, Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, yeah. Super pleased that she's getting an Oscar nomination for that. Yeah, I'm not crazy about the film, but I think she's great. And I think it's good to see her nominated. Glenn Close for Hillbilly Energy. Hillbilly Energy. Hillbilly Elegy. Um, (laughs) Hillbilly Energy. (laughs) I hate Hillbilly Elegy. It's I just, have very much avoided it. I know it's available. I just have chosen to distance myself from it. She's basically doing, um, you know, uh, what's what, what she, who's it played Bridget Jones, um, Renee Selweger right. in, in, in Cold Mountain. Give me an award. I'm playing a poor person with bad teeth. I can look really weird. You, Do you know, know what, Mark? I, I know she's been nominated so many times and it was an upset when Olivia Coleman took the Oscar for the favourite. I know. But if this is the one that she wins for, it's going to be a real weird... It's like, of all the things, it's like Martin Scorsese winning Best Director for the film that no one can remember. It's It's The Departed, isn't it? He won won the Best Director for The Departed. Yes. Jack, on your deathbed, if somebody says to you, what are the great Martin Scorsese films? You're going to go Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, Mean Street. You're not going to go The Departed. I really like The Departed a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of my favourite Martin Scorsese films. Wrong, 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 wrong. Also for supporting actress Amanda Seyfried for Mank, or as it should be called, Chubby Mank, (laughs) and Yu Jung-yoon for uh, Minari. So I would say in that category... I think, I think that Maria Bakalova has got a chance of winning. Oh, I really would love that so much. I would love that. Because actually, yeah, that's, I I mean, I, again, I haven't seen, again, many of the, like I've seen Mank and I've seen Borat. I haven't seen Hillbilly and I haven't seen The Father yet. 
so I don't, but I've not heard specifically like well, pe- big things about any of these performances. Yeah, people people love Olivia Coleman in The Father. Of but, course. Uh, but, and know, I'd love her to be a two-time Academy Award winner just to see her do a speech again. I hope Lady Gaga's in the front row. Yeah, but wouldn't it be wouldn't it be I just, wouldn't it be great? When you come to the BAFTAs, it's Neve Alga for, for A Calm With Horses, who is fabulous. Costarelli for Rocks, which again, great to see them nominated in the big categories, not just yeah. the, you know. And Maria Bakalova for Borat's subsequent movie film. Dominic <laughs> Fishback, who is great in Judas and the Black Messiah, who I think does have a chance. Uh, Ashley Madegui for uh, County Lines and Yu Jung-yoon for Minari. So, you know, I th- I think that Maria Bakalova has got a chance in both those areas. I have a baby inside me, mm-hmm. and I want to take it out of me. Mm-hmm. Right. She wants it out now, please. Right. I Can mean, you take it out? No, we cannot. What you say, take it out. Yes. You end that life. That, that life will die. It's already dead. It's not living. No. It is a living breathing life that God has created. I don't think he's breathing. We can show you that it's breathing. I feel bad because I was the one who put the baby in her. I would love that so much. And just on what you just said about um, the sporting actresses in the BAFTAs, I loved Calm With Horses. Yes, it's brilliant. I was so pleased to see that get a couple of nominations at the BAFTAs, including Outstanding British Film. Yes, unfortunately, not, not best score. Not best right. score. Yeah, yeah. Mass actually, is, blank mass is, is music. Score... Blank mass. Best score of the year. Best score of the year. Not nominated. What the actual f? Okay, <laughs> Jack, read us out. Actor in supporting role. Sasha Baron Cohen for the Trial of the Chicago Seven, where yeah. he can't choose an accent. Yeah, ex- Daniel... exactly. Exactly. Just a... <laughs> exactly. Where is he from? Where is he from? Space. <laughs> <laughs> Mars. Um, <laughs> Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes. Lakeith Stanfield for Judas, Judas and, and the, the Black, Black Messiah. Messiah. Now, okay, so Lakeith Stanfield, he was being pushed in all the categories as a best actor contender. And the the reason everyone thought this was happening was because Daniel Kaluuya will walk this award, okay? A hundred percent. hundred percent. So let's not you know, have people competing in the same category. Let's put Lakeith Stanfield. Because that splits the vote. And that's what I'm I'm kind of afraid of that, actually. So it's a weird thing because Daniel Kaluuya, I I think he's going to win it anyway, but Lakeith Stanfield was being pushed for best actor. Because actually, although weirdly in the credits of the film, uh, Daniel Kaluuya comes first. Lakeith Stanfield's character is the centre of the film. He's the he FBI agent. He is your agent. protagonist. He's the person who you're following. I absolutely loved Judas and the Black Messiah. So did I. I loved the playfulness that the film had. Like It's a very, very serious topic, but right from the beginning, it feels like it's going, it's cinema fun. Like Just following <laughs> this guy pretending to be a detective into that bar and the way that the camera was following him and the way that it moved, it felt like... Well, it feels like he's a big fan of Spielberg. Yes. That's what that feels like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that there is no way that's not going to be um, uh, Daniel Kaluuya. I think that's... Yeah. I think that's the two a- other nominations are Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami and Paul Racy for Sound of Metal. Yeah, very good to see them nominated, but I think it is Daniel Kaluuya, isn't it? I think so. I, I mean... He is. He feels like the the sure win for the year. There's always an Oscar where you're just waiting for that person's name to be called, and I feel like this is the one. And it's a shame 
that we won't get to see him stand in that. Th- oh, I mean, I don't know if they are doing it in the theatre. I'm not even sure what they're doing. Don't but, know. Um, don't know. Don't know. But I mean, yeah, it, but it, I'm, I'm excited to hear his speech, essentially. I need everybody to be there to me. I am, I am a revolutionary. They can't never stop the party unless they stop the people. Way too high. Way too high. I'm high off the people. I'm high. I'm high. If you're there to struggle, you're there to win. If you're there not struggle, then goddammit, you don't deserve to win. Because, of course, he was nominated before for Best Actor for his brilliant central role in um, in Get Out. So, you know, this is his second nomination, a, a deserved win in Supporting Actor. If you look at the nominations for the BAFTAs, Daniel Kaluuya again uh, for Supporting Actor, I think he'll win there. Barry Kieran, who's fantastic in Calm with Horses. Uh, Alan Kim from Minari, which is getting loads and loads of nominations. Leslie Odom Jr. again for One Night in Miami. Clark Peters for The Five Bloods. And Paul Racy for uh, Sound of Metal. We are assuming that Racy is the correct pronunciation because I haven't heard his name said because I didn't watch the nominations read out. So Racy, Racky, maybe, I think it's Racy. I really thought he was the heart of Sound of Metal. As He's well. brilliant. Like he... He's absolutely brilliant, and I haven't. I just seen him love in a movie spending before. time in his presence. Like he, yeah. he felt very, very calm. Yeah. And yeah. Um, Clark Peters for *The Five Bloods*. What did you think of *The Five Bloods*? Because there was talk at the beginning of last year when it was coming out yeah. that it was like a sure. Or... It even come out. There was talk of it being like a sure thing for the awards. But I, I wasn't a big fan. No, I think the film is terribly flawed. The film is exact. It looks like exactly what it is, which is a film that started as one film and then got turned into another film. And that's why it looks like, on the one hand, there's the Spike Lee film, and on the other hand, there's the action adventure film. And it's kind of part Treasure of the Sierra Madre, but it kind of isn't. And I, th- I think it's great that Terence Blanchard has been nominated because that was one of my five favourite scores of the year. Um, you know, which I, I really thought that that nomination was brilliant and that 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 was deserved. And I think some of the performances are good, but I think the film itself is a uh, you know, it it's a three star picture. It's 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 got real issues. Um, it it doesn't hold together. It is very very broken backed. Uh, so you know, I I thought it was fine. But again, I think that it's it's nice to see members. I mean, one of the things that award ceremonies are very bad about is recognizing ensemble casts. So for example, when it comes to One Night in Miami. It's like there are some award ceremonies in which you have a an award for best ensemble cast. And I think there is an argument for that. When you see film, I mean, we, we talked about it just now with uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, when things when it isn't obviously this person is the lead and this person is the part. I mean, you know, Olivia Coleman... It just kind of just reveals how difficult it is to reward art. Like, comparing these things is ultimately a flawed system. So they... You know, they've, I think they've come up with the best awards that they can for, for certain things, but there's always things about certain movies you wish you could reward a little bit more specifically. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it's, it's showing that we are no longer in an age in which movies are directed by 
one big auteur director with a leading man and a leading woman and a supporting man and a supporting woman. Now, Jack, I'm going to just jump a little bit here. I'm going to ask you to read for us the uh, Oscar nominations for animation. And I say this because this is this is always an interesting category. I always complain about the fact that great animations make so few appearances in the best picture categories. Um, and as I said, I think that Wolf Walkers should have been nominated. I think Soul best should have been categories. nominated for best picture. I think. I think. Yeah, and if actually, that's probably a more popular feeling. Yeah, as well. I think that Soul encapsulates. I mean, it's about the meaning of life ultimately, and I think that that exploration and that reminder in a, such a beautifully made film in this year, especially, felt very appropriate. But the okay, the so Oscars for give us the nomination. Best animated feature film are Onward, Over the Moon. <laughs> I'm going to save that one to last. Soul, Wolf Walkers, and a Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. <laughs> Love it. Now, so the weird thing about Shaun the Sheep is that it feels to us like it was from from you know from the previous year, okay? Because this is partly to do with you know the way in which this like, is what should example, have happened to Paddington. Paddington should have got a, sh- a slew of nominations the year it came out in America, but it didn't, which is a shame. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's weird as well because I love Farmageddon. I, I mean, I, I, I absolutely loved it. But like, for example, this year, David Copperfield was up for Oscars, whereas Copperfield we all think of as Baftas for last year. But so there are these kind of weird interplays. So um, the animated film Bafta onward, Soul Wolfwalkers, which is the thing that I think should have been there in in the main film category. So in the Oscar nominations for uh, for, for animation. What would you go for? Jack? I probably would give it to Soul. Um, like for what I just said, like I just absolutely adored it. I think it's gorgeous and unexpected and flawed. Like I think it sometimes the story picks up things and then leaves them alone and then picks them back up again in a sort of choppy way. But ultimately, I it had its heart in the right place for me and I loved it. What would you pick? Well, I would say that in a, in a year in which you have. Shaun the Sheep Farmageddon against Soul against Wolfwalkers, you can kind of go, okay, can we now all agree that animation is probably the most adventurous of film formats? Can we just stop any of this? Yes, but it's a different, you know. I mean, look at that. Look at look at those three. Can compare that to the best film list? Yeah. You know, I mean, did you enjoy Onward? Did you like that? I wasn't a huge Neither fan, but we had so, we had so much mail from people uh, on the Radio Five show saying, "Okay, but I went with you know kids and family, and they absolutely loved it." So no, I wasn't a huge fan of uh, of Onward. Well, I was but, annoyed. Um, I mean, if I was Jack Black, and let's be clear, I'm not. But if I if I were <laughs> Jack Black, I'd be annoyed at Chris Pratt. I'd be like, "You're taking my thing, like." <laughs> you, you're doing me <laughs> you literally like he even does things like the thunder like he even like does stuff like that i was like mm, if i were jet black i'd be annoyed i'd be sending a letter well okay so very quickly because i'm aware that we're going on a cinematography oscars okay here are the nominees okay a sean bobbitt for judas and the black messiah this kind of relates to something you were saying about the thrill of cinema the fun mm. of cinema the let's enjoy the, the media playfulness of it uh, uh eric messerschmidt for mank fair enough Darius Walsh, Darius Wolski for uh, News of the World, 
Joshua James Richards for Nomadland and Feed and Papa Michael for The Trial of the Chicago 7, who I feel that I ought to say, because I say this every time Feed and Papa Michael's name comes up, uh, whose past includes directing um, some kind of straight-to-video erotic thriller stuff for... It just, just goes to show that he, along with, you know, uh, along with the, 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 the great Christopher Nolan cinematographers of our time... Many of them have that they learnt their trade in, in in that sort of stuff. Um, okay, choose a winner. Oh, that is a difficult list. I I think I probably would. I wouldn't be surprised if Mank took it, but I I think the cinematography in Judas and the Black Messiah was was outstanding. Yep, yeah, we're on the same page. I'm going for Sean Bobbitt. I think that's right. And again, can I just say, what's interesting about that list, Jack? Um, they're all men. <laughs> they're all yeah. men. All men. That's and all we're going to say are, about that. There are loads of female cinematographers working, and I know we, you know, we have now had the first, you know, nominate. Yeah, so they're all blokes. Um, I mean, it, that's what it becomes, doesn't it? It becomes like, yeah, well, I guess they're all men, but. You know, but yeah, right. but hey, but hey. Um, okay, we've been going on for a while. Any other categories that you want to flag up? I'm really, really pleased that Tenet got nominated for production design. I think, right, yes. I, I think it got two nominations. It got one for production design and one for special effects, visual effects, whatever. I'm really, really pleased that Tenet got it for that because I know from being a massive nerd and studying the behind the scenes how important... Nathan Crowley was to the development of that movie that they that him and Nolan literally traveled the world together to figure out where haven't we been what can we do to build the look of that movie so I hope that he's rewarded for that hard work and clearly one of the best aspects of that movie anything for you that stands out weirdly no um I think that the odd thing about this year is that it is much more diverse than it was before I think both the BAFTAs and the Oscars have finally realised that the world has changed and, you know, hooray. I think that if you look at things like, you know, I'm very glad that in Best Documentary Time, you know, the Garrett Bradley documentary I think is in there, although we always thought it was going to be. I think that there are some general disappointments from me that the films that I think are the really the most exciting films haven't been represented, but I think it's great that the films that have been represented, there is more um, of a diversity. Although I think it's we also, still- I don't think it can be underestimated how much of an influence this past year has had on that. Because think about what should have been coming out this year: things like Dune and other, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. like um, Steven Spielberg's. Um, what's he doing? Um, you mean the Romeo, Romeo West Side Story? West Side Story, yeah. Like things yeah. like that would have been to play for. And I wonder if Denis Villeneuve and Steven Spielberg had their hat in the ring, if the Oscars would be able to resist nominating them for that. And there it would have left more of these like uh, interesting picks. Like they, they wouldn't have been chosen. Is, do you think yeah, that's fair? I do. I mean, I think it's been a really fascinating year. You know, I've been doing the the news channel film review on the BBC and we we haven't missed a week since this. So it was one week when the lockdown first began, but we've done and every week. It's been really fascinating because the blockbusters aren't there. So you're dealing with independent movies, foreign language movies, smaller movies. There was, as I said, the thing that was most remarkable was that one week we reviewed six films. Every single one of them was directed by a woman and I didn't even notice well, that's the way it should it, it, be. It, I know that really kind of made me feel like you know that 
that is a you know that that is that is great i i do wish that there was um supporting actress uh, nomination for Helena Zengel because i think you know she's so brilliant she was so great in system crasher and she was absolutely great in news of the world and i just think you know it, that kind of looked to me like a you know she 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 should definitely be in there but i think we're going to get a more you know things are changing things are changing awards are still foolish but things are changing so i'm going to ask you to do the thing that you should never do okay which is i'm going to ask you to call in each of the major categories the winner not what you would like to win but what you think will win okay are we going for oscars we'll go through yeah we do you want yeah let's just do it for oscars because it's kind of you know otherwise it's a bit it's a bit unwieldy so okay let's do it in in the order that they come up on the oscars website best actor i'm going to go for riz ahmed i'm going to go for it I'm going to call Chadwick Boseman. I hope you're right, but I'll be happy with either. Supporting, a- supporting actor. Definitely Daniel Kaluuya. I mean, dead cert. I mean, dead the, other, cert. the other actors, they might as well not lead, read out their names. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. And the nominee is Daniel Kaluuya and a bunch of and other people. Here's the award. <laughs> yeah, well done to you. Okay. Actress in a leading role. I'm going to just, because I haven't seen it, but I'm just going to throw out Carrie Mulligan. Okay. I'm just going to throw that one out there. Very popular choice. I'm going for Andrew Day. Okay. Actress in a supporting role. I think this is the hardest category to, to call. It is. I'm going it to is, just, isn't it? Hopefully, I'm going to I'm going to go for I'm going to go for Maria Baklova. I'm going to go yep. for it. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to go yep. for it. I yep. want her to do it, and I want her to come on stage in character. Yep, I agree. Okay, animated feature. Soul. Yes, I agree. I, I I would love it to be Wolf Walkers, but it but I think it is going to be Soul, and uh, direction. Chloe Zhao, and I think she's also going to win for best editing. Okay, and uh, best picture. Do you do you think Chloe Zhao as well? Yes, I you think do? Chloe Zhao is definitely going to win the best director, and I think she's going to walk best picture. Yeah, I think that's it as well. I think I think it is Nomadland, but I think yeah, I'm going to say Nomadland with a close. I wouldn't be surprised Promising Young Woman or Judas and the Black Messiah at, the, at this point. Okay, okay. Well, I think we're, we're weirdly on the same page, Jack. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that it's a pretty decent looking year as well in terms of who's been nominated and where it's yeah. from. And, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's nice now, like I say, to have a list of movies to work through because I haven't really known where to lock recently because when everything goes up on streaming services this is my argument against them in a way it's like when they re- when movies just go up on streaming services sometimes i'm like there's so much to pick from i don't know what the you know the mark of quality is sometimes but when something's on in the cinema there's like oh man there's a pick of 10 yeah but, but okay but you know you have to be careful with that jack because firstly it's the well it's the old thing about you know video companies used to put a film into a cinema for one day in order that they could say it's a real film so you know <laughs> no, it's, I'm, no not, it's not, I'm not saying that what i'm saying is it's me like i, I like no, I, know, I like to, be I able to go to a cinema and be like what is the the one of the 10 that's going to be showing here <laughs> that i want to see rather than just the breadth that's available on all the different versions of different you know streaming services i, know. I don't I know. sometimes I, know what to pick and on the subject of different versions, I'm just going to tease ahead that um, we have to stop now, <laughs> but um, we are going to record in the next few days, you and me, head-to-head, on the subject of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Full and spoilers. W- 
We're not yet yeah, full spoilers, but you know, here's the thing. Okay, <laughs> Superman comes back from the dead. All right, I'm sorry if you're not fucking on board with that. Then get another podcast. All right. So Jack, you know, he's not really dead. He's Superman. He's got a black a suit film- now. It's a film in which everyone is indestructible and everyone can fly. You can call it jumping, but it's flying. Okay, so that's the next time you and I will see each other. And I think it might be a sparky discussion. So I look forward to that. But those are our Oscar predictions. Remember, betting is the devil's sport. Don't do it because you will only win badly. (laughs) Bye. Thanks ever so much. If you've enjoyed this podcast, actually, Jack, you do that. You do the outros. You do the outro right. honors. I feel it's you your think turn. You, you, I think you're a bit insecure about the outros. I think you think you get things wrong, and you don't. You do it very well. I think. I just feel it's a bit kind of like because here's what I do. I go. You know, thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, tell your friends. Remember to subscribe. Uh, do check out That's our Patreon good. page where there's loads of video extras and loads of other stuff that you can see. Stay safe. See you next week. And then I say, keep watching the skies. And people say, why? And I go, it's a film thing. It's just a thing I started doing. It's a thing I started doing. It's like so many things in my life. It's a thing I started doing. I can't really and- remember the origin of it anymore. Well, I can remember. Uh, yeah, but I just, you know, you kind of think you can't stop now. You've started, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my catchphrase. Um, <laughs> and also if you'd like us to talk about anything specifically you can always tweet us at Kermode Movie or at Jack Howard thank you very much for listening to the podcast oh Jack j- j- Jack just, just to flag up your Go thing on. so tell us just quickly uh, advertise your show which I have oh, yeah. of course talked about here so tell us what's coming up on that and where people so, can find it um, I do a show at the moment called The Screen Test which is on Amazon Prime uh, Amazon Prime's YouTube channel uh, but also you can get it on podcast providers as well it's available to just listen to it is a, a big old show like uh, your sort of standard length podcasts and it's uh, me hosting it with Clarice Lockery who's the chief film critic of The Independent and Joe Kimwin, who's a big old film nerd, like he's a, he's massive into his comic book stuff. I'm excited to talk to him about Zack Snyder's Justice League because he's going to have a very different opinion to me about that. Uh, but essentially what the show is, is that we all bring um, our favourite film from a specific genre and I give out the points to decide who has made the best argument, who's brought the best film in a specific genre. What's coming up soon is we're talking about the best musician movie, not, ne- not, not necessarily the best musical. Uh, we're talking about the best Christopher Nolan movie. Um, and it's going to have some great guests on it as well. I'm I'm really enjoying it. It's a fun, basically, excuse to have conversations and debate about movies with people that I like talking to, <laughs> and, I, and I just give people points. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Sounds like a top show. And uh, well, I, I can't I wait for you going- to be able to be on it. I'm going to be on it as soon as I'm actually sort of physically able. I've got my vaccination coming up next Hooray! week. Oh wow! Yeah. I know. Well, that's one of the advantages of being nearly sixty, Jack. I'm in the I'm in the vulnerable age group now. So yeah, I get my I get my and I've got AstraZeneca coming up, and I'm very happy with that. So I'm getting that on Friday. Hooray! Get your jab. The world you know. is waking up. The world is waking up. Um, there's a bunch of Trump supporters who are still you know iffy about it, and all I can say is your idiot chimpanzee leader had it done secretly. Just think of the difference it would have made had Trump and Melania actually had themselves photographed. Wasn't it brilliant that when they had that thing of all all the surviving presidents doing the great thing about COVID in America. The one person who wasn't invited was fuckface. It was, you know... <laughs> We're just trying to wipe that from existence. <laughs> anyway, okay, so there we go. Jack, you say goodbye. No, I don't want to. Good, and that's a very good place to stop. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.